So I ended up in the hospital, spent 13 days there. I had to get a surgery where they put, they were hoping they didn't have to. He said, it should be a 30 minute surgery, but it ended up being an hour and a half. And they said, if I were to wait 12 or 36 more hours that I was potentially going to die because I was starting to get organ failure around because my left lung was so collapsed and the infection in there was so bad. So they ended up, I had two chest tubes and those stayed until February 15th. And then they had a, I had a pick line in this arm. So every night I'm having to fill up my own IV bag, sitting at the table, pumping all this IV. Then I just have to walk around everywhere with it. But when I was in the hospital, the doctors kept telling me like, you're probably not ever going to fight again. You're, you're like, uh, your left lung is so scarred that we don't know if it's going to return to normal. So we're just trying to get your quality of living good enough for the rest of your life. And I was like, that's not, not happening. I'm definitely going to fight again. Tyler, your husband, your professional MMA fighter, your personal trainer, and much more, man. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Absolutely, <laughs> dude. Well, you know, I like to start my shows off by going back a bit. Like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like, man? So, grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Lived there forever, my whole life, until I moved down here to Florida. I went to college in Cincinnati. I attended uh, Mount St. Joseph University. Yeah. I got my degree in biology with a minor in exercise science and fitness. Uh, also, while I was there, I, I was wrestling for uh, the Mount. So did that for four years there, got my degree. And um, from then, I pretty much moved down here. But I mean, as a kid, I was super active, always played all kinds of sports, but really fell in love with MMA about junior high. And then one night, me and my dad are sitting there watching the, all the pay-per-views. And he was like, you know what? All these champions and the top guys in the sport, they all have one thing. It's a wrestling background. So it was like right then I was like, I'm going to the wrestling team. So started wrestling my freshman year in high school and pretty much quit everything else. It was just MMA and wrestling and fell in love with it. And from then on, it's pretty much history. Wow. So, dude, that's so cool, man. It started out with your dad giving you the kind of the push, man. That's rad, dude. So when you told your parents that you were going to go, you know, fight for real, like what was their reaction? Um, I mean, they've always been super supportive of anything I did. Like if I loved it, they were all in, but obviously with, fighting my mom was like are you sure this is what you want to do and I mean even to this day my mom has basically full-blown panic attacks when I fight she hardly even watches she usually leaves the arena if she's in attendance or watches through her hands and her fingers but she she loves that I love it I wouldn't yeah. say that she necessarily loves MMA but she's supportive and my dad's the same my dad's always in my corner for the fights so nice. I'm sure it's even harder for him having to sit right there and watch in the cage when you you're just helpless. And I mean, I know how it kind of feels because I feel like that when I corner my teammates and stuff, like I, I'm more nervous to corner my guys than I am when I fight. It's just because you're helpless and you can't do anything for them. So you just got to sit and watch. So yeah, they're, they've been great and they support me a hundred percent. And I, I'm just glad that I actually am, have that ability to have my parents support me and stuff. Cause I know a lot of guys in the sport don't have that and sure. or their parents are always fighting them about doing it and stuff. So yeah, they're, they're like my my rock, basically. Them and my wife. Between my parents and my wife, I'm set. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And you fought for a lot of promotion over the year, over the years, mostly with LFA. But is there a promotion that stands out to you as kind of like being that top-notch promotion that really treats their fighters good? You know, I've been pretty fortunate. Uh, I've been able to fight for a lot of 
these top promotions, like as far as uh, LFA, I got to fight with Bellator once, and yeah. then that recent show with XMMA, that was my first time with them. But every time I fight for LFA, they treat you like royalty. It's like in and out, everything is professional. And they really try to act as much as they can like the UFC as possible so that when you make that next step, it's a little bit easier transition as far as all the behind the scenes stuff, how weigh-ins go and the way the company's ran. So I, I, I mean, hats off to LFA. They're a great show and they, they always have been great to me. So they're up there and Bellator was great too. XMMA was great too. I mean, I have nothing bad to say about anybody I fought for. They've all been, I've been pretty fortunate to fight for some good shows. I know I've heard horror stories about other promotions out there, but I've been blessed to have a good, experience with the promotions that i've fought for so far yeah oh that's great dude you know and then being in life and in fighter like you have to be so mentally tough and at one point you had to like spend 13 days in a hospital or something and you went through these like tons of mental battles like what happened to you and then what do you do today to kind of focus on building up the mindset and and you know do the mind battles mindset battles and stuff you have to go through yeah the uh the hospital story goes back that's in 2018 like on new year's eve or new year's day at like 4 a.m i i woke up in the worst pain i had ever been in on my left side could couldn't get out of a ball uh, my wife had to take me to the er and before that i've been having a lot of respiratory issues and stuff like i would get bronchitis once a month and just always coughing and we couldn't figure it out so then when it came to a head on this new year's day went into the hospital they ran tests and they came back said i had pneumonia but I had already had that two years prior. And they're like, there's no way somebody at your age and health should be getting pneumonia like this or bronchitis as frequent as you are. So they ran more tests and did a CATS or an MRI or a CAT CT scan. I can't remember. But they ended up finding that I had um, an empyema, which is fluid buildup in your pleural cavity. So they ended up draining 1.12 liters out of there. And then my left lung was collapsed to 30% because I had a non-cancerous tumor in there that since uh, it grows so slow, like, so cancer is rapid, it grows very fast. And this one was non-cancerous. It was just slowly growing over time. They said it had possibly been in there for five years or more. So Whoa. the reason I was able to go as long as I did without even realizing I had this problem going on is because it was such a slow growing tumor that my body was just constantly adjusting, adjusting until it got to the point where it couldn't handle it anymore and happened on that New Year's Day. So I ended up in the hospital, spent 13 days there. I had to get a surgery where they put, they were hoping they didn't have to. He said it should be a 30 minute surgery, but it ended up being an hour and a half. And they said, if I were to wait 12 or 36 more hours that I was potentially going to die because I was starting to get organ failure around because my left lung was so collapsed and the infection in there was so bad. So they ended up, I had two chest tubes and those stayed until February 15th. And then they had a, I had a pick line in this arm. So every night I'm having to fill up my own IV bag, sitting at the table, pumping all this IV. Then I just have to walk around everywhere with it. But when I was in the hospital, the doctors kept telling me like, you're probably not ever going to fight again. You're, you're like, uh, your left lung is so scarred that we don't know if it's going to return to normal. So we're just trying to get your quality of living good enough for the rest of your life. And I was like, that's not, not happening. I'm definitely going to fight again. And I knew of a card on April 20th and this was in the hospital on January. And I was like, I'm going to fight on April 20th. And they just pretty much laughed at me. <laughs> but, uh, so I got out of the hospital January 13th, still had the chest tubes in and this pick line. And I went, started going straight to the gym. I would get on the Stairmaster and do it at 
the highest that I could do and just walk slowly trying to build my cardio up and everything. It was terrible yeah. with these, this thing hanging on. Then I would just go hit every leg machine that I possibly could. And, uh, so I did that for about a month and they got the tubes out. And then, uh, I went back for my follow-up and the doctors were saying that they had never seen somebody heal as fast as I did. And they, they went back down and did a bronch and saw that my lung and everything had recovered a hundred percent. So that's where the nickname Wolverine comes from is because they said you heal like Wolverine. So that kind of stuck that day. Yeah. And then uh, even some of the surgeons that like one of the surgeons specifically that told me I was never going to fight again. She said, now I'm a case study for her students at the college that she uh, is a professor at. And she presents my whole case to them and tells them what I went through and recovered. And now I'm fighting and everything. So that whole time was like crucial for me mentally. Like, yeah. Uh, at nighttime, they wouldn't let my family or my wife or anybody stay in the room with me. And I was in so much pain, I hardly slept. So I would just sit on my computer and just watch like David Yoggins videos and stuff like my mental. I built my mind up so bulletproof through that time to now. It's like it it takes a whole lot to try and get me flustered, if, if anything. But like that was really when I realized that mental strength is just as important as physical strength in this sport. I think that MMA is beyond 50% mental and then the, the rest is physical. So that was really what opened my eyes up. But that time completely changed me. I always say that the old Tyler died and then the Wolverine was born in there. It sounds corny and cliche, but I mean, it really, like that guy before then, I don't even hardly recognize him mentally yeah. at all. So Man. it was a blessing in disguise. It really sucked going through it at the time. I there were times when I thought that I wasn't going to get the fight again, but focusing on the mental side of everything really put me through that, that and my faith in God and my family and everybody. So it was, it was good. I mean, it was not good, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm a big fan of like Ed Milet and, and David Goggins, man, his story is unbelievable, but you know, Ed Milet and Tony Robbins, they both kind of say the same sort of thing. Like life happens for us, not to us, man. And, and yeah. man, as much as the pain is that you went through that, but now you're on a, a better track, man. And I think that's rad. You, you know, you talk about faith, like how much does your faith play into your MMA career? I mean, it's like, it's pretty much the number one thing for me. I try and glorify God through everything I do. So when every time I win a fight, I, it's all for his glory. It's not for me. I'm just doing this because I love to compete. I love to fight. And I'm just glad that he has blessed me with the opportunity to fight for a living. So I start my day off every day with reading scriptures and saying my prayers and everything. So faith is pretty much like my core for me. It's, it's what keeps me going, gets me through hard times. It keeps me humble when things are riding high. So um, without that, I would not be anywhere where I'm at right now. Yeah. I'm a believer as well, man. And definitely start my day off the same, you know, throw some worship music on and spend some time in prayer. And I'm up at 4am six days a week, man. And, and starting off with that, man. So yeah, absolutely. I totally understand that for sure. You know, uh, us fans, like, I think you just fought a couple months back in, in January, I believe, right? Yep. January 30th. What, uh, when can us fans expect to see you back in the cage, man? Anything in the works? Yeah, we're working on something. I think I'm going to be back in there in the month of May. Okay. Uh, there's, a couple, there's two different dates in that month. Uh, nothing's finalized yet, but it's it's in the works. So right I'm very uh, optimistic about that. I believe I'll be in there in May, and I can't wait to get back in there. I just pretty much after my last fight, I went straight back to work and improving where I in areas that I feel like I need to improve and keep going in there and putting on a show and finishing guys until I find myself in the UFC. Yeah, 
Oh man, absolutely. Where do you like fans to connect with you on? Is Instagram a favorite or where can folks follow you at? Yeah, I'm probably most active on Instagram. It's Wolverine underscore 170. And uh, I'm trying to pick up my Twitter and Facebook and everything. I know that social media, that's the way the game's going. So I'm really trying to step my game up there. So pretty much on all those bases, I have an athlete page on Facebook. It's just Tyler Ray. And then my Twitter is the same as Instagram. And I'm pretty active on most. So anybody can find me on those, but I'm getting more and more active. So yeah, both, both of those same, same handle for both It's Wolverine underscore 170. Right on. I want to do a transition to some fun questions here. I'd like to finish the show off with. I've got these things called pod decks. They're just random questions, man. I'm going to pull one out and see what happens here. Uh, This says, well, what is your greatest regret? My greatest regret. It would be that I, well, I used to play peewee football as a little kid in elementary school for the Tomahawks. And there was one of our football coaches was the, uh, the little kids wrestling program for Lakota. And he always tried to recruit me to come out and be on the wrestling team. And I just wanted nothing to do with it. And this was like third, fourth grade. And so I would say my biggest regret is not going to the wrestling because I'm sure I probably would have enjoyed it. And it would have just been more and more years for me to build my wrestling background. So I would say that that's that I, my biggest regret is that I didn't get into wrestling earlier. Nice. Yeah. Do you have a favorite fighter that you like to follow? I mean, I'm going to say Conor McGregor is my favorite fighter, but it's not, it's not like I fight like him at all. I just like the way his mindset is. He's entertaining and stuff. Uh, but honestly, most of my favorite fighters that I like to follow are guys that I train with on the daily. Um, nice. Like, I, like, I like to watch Gilbert fight. I love watching Kamaru. He doesn't really train with us anymore, but I love watching Kamaru fight because I feel like I fight a lot like he does. I um, mean, we got – I'm a fan of Rumble. Get to see him every day. And nice. If, I mean, the list goes on at our gym. I, I'm a fan of everybody on my team, so – not necessarily a favorite fighter, but if I had to pick one, it's Connor. Yeah, gotcha. I mean, you're a personal trainer. You're obviously a fit dude, but what's the favorite cheat meal for you? Ooh, um, cheat meal. I'm a big pasta guy, so I like to go to this place called Elizabeth's. It's we, there's a street called Atlantic Avenue where they got all these nice restaurants and bars and stuff, and uh, it's out there. So I always go in there and get like a little meat and cheese board, get some pasta, some pizza. So I would say Italian food is my big cheat meal. Nice. Uh, last two questions for you. Uh, what's your favorite thing about being married? I would say, well, I mean, I luckily am one of those people that saying when they say marry your best friend, I, I truly believe I did marry my best friend because I can mess around with her. She's always there for me in my highs and she was there for my lowest. She's like my rock. So being married is cool because you always have somebody there to support you all the time. It's not like I got to go through this by myself. Yep. And MMA is already hard enough as it is. And trying to do this alone would be extremely challenging. And I would just say that Hannah is able to keep me, uh, she keeps me grounded. Yeah. I was listening to your guys' podcast that you did together, man. It was really cool to hear you guys like laughing and poking fun and, and it really awesome job on that podcast that you guys that like did. Our little, that was like our little quarantine, keep us busy kind of deal. Yeah, She wants to keep it going, but she's been busy a lot with her work and stuff too. So maybe one day we'll get it going again. But yeah, that was a, it was a fun time doing the podcast. Nice. Uh, last question for you. I'm a music guy, so I'd love to ask the question like, what's your type of music for you? Or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? Um, I'm, I'm a guy, I listen to everything. I listen to country, rock. I listen to classical music, rap. Uh, my favorite band would be, 
I'm, I'm a, I love 80s music. My dad says I'm born in the wrong era. He said I should have been born in the 80s. Like I have a whole freaking almost two hour long playlist that I call the nostalgia playlist of just 80s music. Nice. But uh, so if I have to pick a favorite band, it would be uh, Rat. Okay. Yeah. Love Rat and Roll. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Dude, Wait, I wanted to. Uh, I what's that? Dad, I have. I went to Hot Topic one time and bought this Rat T-shirt, and it was like tour dates. And I yeah. wore it home when when I went to Cincinnati, and my dad's like, "Wait, where'd you get that shirt at?" And I told him at Hot Topic. He's like, "Turn around," and then he's like, "I was at that show in Cincinnati, Ohio." And no then, he gave me the bandana that he wore that time. He still had it from the show. It says Rat. It's in super good condition still, but it's super funny that I like all the music that he used to like. Oh, that's hilarious, man. What a funny story, dude. It's so funny, man. Uh, I also wanted to give you an opportunity, Tyler, to give a shout-out to coaches, sponsors, teammates, anything like that, man. The, the camera's all yours. Yeah, I mean, a huge shout-out to our team at Stanford. We are uh, really – breaking into the MMA world hardcore right now. We got a, we're teams building. We've got a good group of guys. So I love being where I'm at that the culture and the vibe is just, it's, you can't really compare it to any other rooms. It's something we've got something special going on down here at Sanford. Um, then Henry Hoof is pretty much the general running the ship down here. And he's about as good as it gets when it comes to kickboxing training and MMA now too. He's he, he always jokes around. He says, I'm an MMA coach. I'm not a kickboxing coach anymore. And I mean, it's true. Henry has put himself up there with the top MMA trainers. And I don't understand why he hasn't got the MMA trainer of the year yet, but maybe next year. But yeah. Henry, and we've got three-time national champ, Greg Jones, four-time All-American. He's our wrestling coach. His energy is always high. And then we have Kami Barzini. And then we have Wagner coming in with us. So it's this is just me trying to name all my coaches that are a huge part of my game. And we got, I've worked with George Santiago a lot too. And um, I mean, without all these guys, I'm not anywhere that I'm supposed to be. So at the end of the day, the fighters really get all the credit, but it takes a, it takes a trainer to, for the fighter to be there. And they're always the behind the scenes guys. So this is me just trying to pay my respect to Henry, Greg, Connie, George, and my strength and conditioning coach, Phil DeRue without all these guys, I'm going to have a hard time getting to where I want to. So thank you to all those guys. And then uh, sponsors, Boca Cryo, Vitargo. Trying to see, I'm, I'm running into that. Uh, I'm having a mind part here. I'm trying to thank <laughs> my sponsors. Hybrid Legacy, my clothing sponsor. And uh, I said them already. Anybody that I'm forgetting, I'm sorry, but... I feel like I did pretty good there. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's awesome, man. Tyler, such an honor to have you on my show, man. Thank you so much. I'm excited to see you back in the cage and uh, continue to get that win streak. And I love your perspective of just being the mental tough side of things in the MMA thing, man. And uh, thank you again for your time, man. So appreciate it. Awesome, man. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much for watching the show today. I appreciate it. If you could, please leave a rating and review on our Apple podcast. The link is down below. That helps us get our message out, get the show out, helps us get ranked out there on the Apple podcast. Also, leave a comment below, man. I'd love to know what part of this show made the most impact on you. I respond to every comment on there. And please share this video, whether you're watching on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, please share it out. We want to make sure that we impact as many people as we can with the guests that come on my show and highlight those guests and what they've got going on and they're changing the world. So thank you so much for the time. So appreciate it. Have an awesome day.